This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Welcome to a very special edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. It'll be a wrestling edition, and I want to start with a walk down memory lane because I'm a big wrestling fan. I love the history of it, and the guy who got me into wrestling is my dad, who was, I guess, different from me in that he grew out of wrestling. I never did. But, and I will intro this, and I think you'll agree with me, Dad, and this is my dad, Mr. We'll call him Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts, how are you? That's formal. Yeah, why not? You know, I guess people can call you by your name, which is Joel. Okay, that's better. If you never told me about Bruno Sammartino, and I watched wrestling in the late 80s and the early 90s and the early 2000s, I would not have known he existed. And that's a problem. Did that bother you as you were introducing your son, me, into wrestling that Bruno Sammartino was treated as if he had never wrestled in the WWF at the time? No, because wrestling, we know, is a show. It's fake. And when somebody does something that Mr. McMahon didn't like, (laughs) they wrote him out like he didn't exist. And Bruno was one of the rare guys that stood up to Mr. McMahon, Jr. and Sr., and that's why uh, Junior didn't like him very much. Do you remember the first time you saw Bruno Sammartino wrestle? <clears throat> the first time, probably not the first time, but I remember when he first came on the scene, his average match lasted about 15 seconds. So he would just destroy guys? What happened was he, they would get in the ring. Right. He would whip him against the ropes. They would come off the ropes. He would put him in the bear hug. And that would be it. Boy, and they that, would give up instantly. That sounds, that, very, that sounds very familiar to those who watched wrestling in the late 90s. Was he champion at the time when, when this was no, going on? No, he wasn't. In fact, I got an interesting story for you. Go ahead. I grew up a couple of blocks from an arena called Sunnyside Gardens. Sunnyside Gardens was one of the three venues that had wrestling on TV every week. And every other week, they had a Saturday afternoon show. Right. Not on TV, but for fans. So living so close, I would go to every Saturday afternoon show every other week. And what they would do basically is the show that was at the Garden the month before, they would do at Sunnyside Gardens. Right. This was at the time where Bruno first came on the scene and was not champion yet. And he was beating everybody very fast. Okay, go to the matches with my friends. And Bruno wins in 15 seconds, and we wait around the back door after the event, waiting for the guys to come out. And somebody comes out on a, there's an ambulance there, and somebody comes out, and it looks like a body is wrapped. So I go home and tell my father, I said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. Bruno killed a guy. And he says, Joel, you know, wrestling is not real. I said, Dad... Bruno killed a guy. I saw it. I saw them wheeling out the body. Bruno killed somebody. And he says, no, I, I tell you, wrestling's fake. 
The next day, Sunday morning, he gets the newspapers and he's reading. He goes, come here, Joe, i got to show you something. And there it is, a big article in the newspaper, Wrestler Dies After Match. Oh, my God. Chick Garibaldi. Did he actually did he actually kill him though or No, what happened was they claimed well, I was there. He didn't collapse in the ring and, and be carried out. He staggered out of the ring really oh. badly. Wow. And obviously he had a heart attack in the locker room and died. How so Bruno was he was a good guy at the time, right? So when he's yeah, he doing this was. never never, never turned. How long did it take before he became champion? Do you remember? It was relatively quick. I don't remember time wise. Why? But it was pretty quick. So this had to be like 61, 62. So you're at the time, if my math is correct, you're about nine, yeah, ten years about old? Yeah, nine. What made, because Bruno was so wildly popular, I mean, and then he becomes champion. He's champion for a million years, which is incomprehensible in today's era. Why did people love him? Could you put your finger on it? Hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking about the other wrestlers at the time that were that popular. And he was, he instantaneously became popular. The other guy that was very, very popular that I don't recall him ever losing was a guy named Antonino Rocca. Right. Uh, I don't know what, I think it was the way he was beating everybody so fast. I've People never seen them build up a wrestler that quickly and he was so powerful and so strong and whenever he came out to do the way they did the shows in those days they would have the matches and then that were on tv and then at about it was on from eight to eleven three times a week at nine thirty they would have an interview session and bruno would come out in his suit and tie dressed very well do an interview in english and then it was let him speak to his uh, friends in italian <laughs> and he would do a whole uh Speech to his Italian friends. Were you, when he finally lost the title the first time, I was reading over the last couple of days since his passing that the crowd was stunned. You know, we talk about it in the modern era when The Undertaker's winning streak ended at WrestleMania, how stunned everybody was. Do you remember hearing or did you see or just hear about when Bruno finally lost the WWF championship? Yeah, it was, it was like a death. It was like <laughs> a death in the family. It was, did, yeah, it was stunning. And w- looking back at it now, what was the deal? Did he just want time off or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think he was not getting along with uh, Vince's father at the time, and he wanted time off. And he tra- and what they did is he he lost to uh, Ivan Koloff, right? Mm-hmm. So, and Ivan Koloff basically was the transition champion for what Pedro Morales? Yeah, uh, Pedro Morales, and then the Pedro Morales. The uh, idea didn't work that well, so they brought Bruno back. Or well, they negotiated with Bruno they, to get him back. Would they ever do face versus face, like good guy versus good guy? They were afraid of doing something like that, Bruno they and Morales? Did. They did it. In did fact, they? Uh, Bruno fought this fellow I mentioned, Rocca. Right. He also fought, to show how strong he was, he fought Haystacks Calhoun. Oh, I remember him, the big guy. We're hearing about him, the big guy. Yeah, Haystacks Calhoun supposedly weighed 601 pounds, <laughs> and they fought, and Bruno picked him up, similar to the way uh, Hulk Hogan picked up Andre. How about that? You know, body slam. Do you remember, because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing just based on my math that you were probably out of wrestling in the early 80s, right when I was born. You're probably just so excited that here you have a daughter, here you have a son, you can't waste your time with wrestling. But did you know or hear or care about the fact that he continued wrestling in the early 80s and 
at least from what I read, it seemed like he was more of a mid-carder. Like he was feuding with a young macho man and a young rowdy Roddy Piper. I think at the time he was also announcing. I was still yes. watching wrestling then. Were you? Wow. He, was, he was announcing. So you really never grew out of it then, Dad, when you think about no, it? No, not really. No. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, I got old. You know, I, obviously when you were young, I brought you to a lot of matches. Yes. But I also, working my way through college, was a vendor at Madison Square Garden. So how many, you saw a lot of shows at the Garden. I saw a lot of shows, and I saw things that, if I wasn't educated better, would have blew me away, because <laughs> I would see Bruno pull up to the Garden in a car and get out of the car with the guy he was fighting that <laughs> night, or with Lou Albano, or with Freddie Blassie. You know, I, I always say this. You told me as a kid, I, it may have been immediate, you remember better than I would, but one of the first things you told me about wrestling is that it was fixed. Like, there was never an illusion in my mind. I don't remember ever as a fan thinking, this is real. I remember you telling me from the beginning. I'm, I may have been five. I don't even know. Son, wrestling is fixed. Did you know it was fixed from the beginning, too? Yeah, my father wasn't as active in it as I was with you. He took me to a couple of cards, but the fact that I lived so close to an arena in a very, very different era where... I would go with friends by myself on weekends crossing Queens Boulevard, like you figured out, at the age of nine, hmm. to the arena and go to the matches. You know, what I had going for me, and one of the reasons I knew it was fake, I was a redheaded kid. Uh, uh, I wonder much, where I got that from. Yeah, much like you. And <laughs> one of the bad guy managers at the time was a guy by the name of Wild Red Berry. And he used to see me at the arena all the time, and he liked me. So he used to, you know, I used to wait outside for autographs and stuff like that. And one time he called me over, and he said, here's a couple of bucks. Go get us a bunch of hot dogs. And I would go to the vending, you know, go to the uh, concession stands and buy hot dogs and bring them back to Wild Red Berry. Turns out I found out later my babysitter, I don't know how he found out, I guess I must have saw her at the matches once. My babysitter was a, a girl he was hitting on. <laughs> and he figured if he was nice to me, maybe I would have put a good word Did in you? for the babysitter. Did you put in a good word? Yeah, I said he's a really nice guy, but I didn't know. I was eight or nine at the time. Right. I didn't know what was going on. Right. I just knew Red Berry liked me. Right, of course. It had I nothing to do with a woman. Berry's a bad guy. You know, right. Why is he so nice to me? That's funny. <laughs> Now, when, you, when I was growing up, Hogan was the man. Hogan was the man. So you watched Hulk Hogan because you're showing me wrestling. Mm -hmm. How would you compare Bruno San Martino to Hulk Hogan? Well, Hulk Hogan, well, Bruno was a better wrestler. And, you know, Bruno was good with the mic, but he wasn't as good as Hogan. Right. You know, so, but, Hogan really got a crowd riled up. Yeah, there's the difference. I think yeah, that makes Bruno a lot of wasn't sense. Yeah. Much more low key. Bruno had, he must have had what they call breakaway suits. Because the thing was, when he was feuding with somebody, uh -huh. he would be interviewed wearing a suit and tie. The guy who he was feuding with would come over and rip him. And would instantly his suit would disappear. <laughs> and there he is in his pants with no shirt, no jacket, with the tie hanging around his neck, you know, being That's beaten funny. up. All right, I, wait, I got one more because I, I keep yep. thinking of different things. The best Bruno feud that had the best build and then the best set of matches was what? 
there are a couple that were good. His feuds with uh, Gorilla Monsoon were pretty good. The Monsoon won, and I didn't see the match, but supposedly he body slammed Monsoon, and the ring collapsed <laughs> at the there. garden. Was it was it a work or was it did it actually happen? Like I think it, it actually plan? happened. Wow. Yeah, I think his feuds with Zabisco were good. Yeah, it's a bit right. And then he had another protege that turned on him, uh, Spiros Arion. Right. And those were pretty good. The ones where guys turned on him yeah. seemed to be the best because you sort of saw it coming, but you weren't sure. And then when finally somebody would turn on him, you got so angry. <laughs> they manipulated you good. Yeah, they did. They had us good. Cause they knew you, what they were doing. You would go through these feuds and you would hate the guys feuding with him. How right. can they do that to Bruno? <laughs> Very good. But Tabisco was good. Very, And they fought at I because I've seen that match. That's on the WWE Network. That was at Shea Stadium, or at least one of the matches. I'm sure they fought many, many times, but there was an event showdown at Shea, and the two big matches, or at least the ones that jump out at me, were Bruno and Zabisco and Hulk Hogan against Andre the Giant, even though we were told Hogan and Andre never fought before WrestleMania 3. That's right. Clearly they were lying to all of us. Yeah, but there was a card once. I don't remember if Bruno was on it. It was part of, I think, a mixed wrestling boxing show where I think Andre fought uh, a boxer. I forgot which boxer it was. It was somebody who fought Ali. I think they just made a movie about him. About who? From Jer- this boxer oh, really? who fought a wrestler. Oh. And on the, I think it was from Shea Stadium. And on the card, I think Bruno fought somebody. Interesting. And might have been part of that Zabisco show. Interesting. All right, Dad. Excellent yeah. work. I appreciate it. Anytime. Next time, we'll pop you on to talk about horrible Met losses. How about that? Oh, we could talk about... Uh, the way the Mets wrong Tom Seaver. Oh, that's true. That's true. We could do that. I got it. You know what I'll do? I'll have you on. I'll have Bob Husler on, and it'll be like this great Met discussion. We're gonna what plan you have that one to out. find is Tom Seaver hosted a show in his prime where he would interview other athletes, and there is a show with Tom Seaver. And Bruno San Martino. Oh, my God. That must have been the greatest thing you've ever that seen. That was great. you got to find it. It's around <laughs> somewhere. I forgot but, the name of the show. But Siva hosted it, and he did a whole half hour with Bruno. That's cool. By the way, the boxer, Chuck Wepner. Chuck Wepner, go. right. Chuck Wepner. Right, Chuck Wepner. All right, Dad. I appreciate it. Okay. Take Thank care. You. My dad, Mr. Joel Roberts, as we go down a trip of memory lane, memory lane talking about Bruno San Martino. Uh, Tom Lugauer joins me, Lugie, the fine producer at WFAN. And today, I wanted to get into the WWE Hall of Fame. We had mentioned in the past. By the way, Lugie, how are you? Evan, that was great. No, great. I sat there for the 10 minutes listening to you and your dad go through history there. That was that was really good stuff. I, I grew he's up sharp. He's got everything. It was great. That's how I got into wrestling right there. And yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that I knew from the beginning that it was predetermined. I, I don't think it would have been better thinking something is... Not what it truly is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't remember the time where I realized it wasn't, or someone told me. Um, but it didn't change it for me. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's you find out that, but it doesn't change it. What I like about it is what I liked about it from when I first started watching to now. So you know, you know what my dad used to do. I didn't mention this. Maybe another time we we pop him on, but because he had watched wrestling his whole life, right, and he knew the game, he knew the way Vince Senior and Vince mm-hmm. Junior would work. 
he could tell things that as eight and nine-year-olds we couldn't tell, like the turning of the rockers. You know, looking back on it now, you can watch little hints and say, oh, clearly Shawn Michaels is turning on Marty Jannetty. Mm -hmm. But as an eight and nine-year-old, we don't see it coming. He did. So he would tell me, son, Shawn Michaels is going to turn on Marty Jannetty. I would tell people at school, they'd say, what are you talking about? They're the Rockers. <laughs> and I would always look like a, a freaking wrestling savant because my dad just read the tea leaves because he was so used to it. <laughs> and that was back before stuff was uh, obvious or more commonplace. Right. So that was a big deal, that thing on the barbershop. I mean, oh, that yeah. was like tag teams now, like all tag teams split up. I mean, most, most of them do. So, I mean, to see it. But back then, tag teams rarely split up. And if they did, they'd part, like, mutually. It wouldn't be, like, where, you know, like, Bret Hart had a solo career and he left. He didn't, like, turn on Jim the Anvil Nightheart. So right, to right. see that was such a great thing. And then Shawn Michaels went on to have one of the greatest, if not the greatest, careers as any solo wrestler of all time. Now, as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, and, and I wanted to get to this a few weeks ago, but I think mm -hmm. it's perfect now with the unfortunate passing of the legend Bruno San Martino. And for anybody listening, you can say, guys, you losers. It's a Hall of Fame <laughs> For something that's scripted. I understand that. Lugie understands that. We all get it. And I also understand that it's very different than baseball and football. Where you look at accolades and you look at awards and you look at stats to determine who's in the Hall of Fame. It just means it's more open-ended. When you think of a professional wrestler being in the Hall of Fame. I respect that you may come from many different angles when it comes to that. I do understand that. But this discussion we're about to have may sound like we're talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame because I'm passionate about it. And I do, in my mind, have a criteria on what a Hall of Famer is. Do you have a criteria on what a pro wrestling Hall of Famer is? Yeah, I think you could look at a lot of different things. I think it's, uh, you know, like you said, with baseball, sometimes it comes down to the statistics. I think it goes beyond that a little bit with wrestling. Um, I think, like, you could say, well, this guy won this many world titles or whatever. I like to look at things like, did the guy draw? Okay. Was he popular? Fair. You know, again, you can look at championships, match quality, uh, his presence, mic skills. There's so many things you could dive into when you're thinking of a Hall of Famer for wrestling. Right, let's go through this, because when the WWE created the Hall of Fame, it, it was weird. They created it in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. After Andre had passed away, Andre the Giant, and they just put him in. They didn't really have a big ceremony. They just said, hey, we've got this Hall of Fame, and Andre the Giant is going in. And then they started to induct, and i, I got to be honest with you, I do not remember this, even though I was watching wrestling in the early 90s. I don't remember when all of a sudden they put a lot of these legends into the Hall of Fame that I had only heard about from my dad. You know, guys like Bobo Brazil, I never saw. But my dad told me about it. I think they put him in around WrestleMania, if not WrestleMania weekend. They just, I don't, I think some of them were televised later on, but I think the early ones were not on TV. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure. Or so, even like a special on TV somewhere. But they, I, they started televising it a little later down the line. We, we'd almost have to watch the network, because I'm sure the right. network has put a lot of this stuff in there. But right out of the gate, they started putting legends in. You know, mm -hmm. Nature Boy Buddy Rogers went in. Chief J Strongbow went in. Freddie Blassie went in. Gorilla Monsoon went in. Uh, my dad was talking about Antonio Rocca. He went in. Pedro Morales. I think, yeah, Pedro Morales yeah. got in, guys like that. And as this started happening, because my dad had told me about Bruno, I'm thinking to myself, well, well hold on a second. Hold on a second. Where's Babe Ruth? Hmm. Because Bruno San Martino is Babe Ruth. That's what he is. He was a champion for thousands of days. And if you want to talk about drawing power, which I totally agree with, Lugie, he sold out Madison Square Garden over 180 times. Yep. And I, my dad was cool about it because he said, hey, it's politics, basically. It's McMahon. He didn't like Bruno. He didn't put him in. 
I never took the WWE that seriously about the Hall of Fame until they finally put Bruno in a couple of years ago. Think about that. A couple of years ago. Yeah, when they, they were here in New York. In. When the, the mania that was here in New York, was that 29? 2013. Yeah, so that was the year that he went in. And I, I think it was Triple H who kind of like bridged the gap there. Yes. Who, who also bridged the gap with Warrior and a few other ones too. So that, some of the guys that Vince, you know, had, had issues with, had a fallen out with. And for that, I, I would you would think for that the sole reason why some of these guys weren't in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And I, I commend Triple H for that. Yeah. Because I think that's important. If you want to talk about having a Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. you can't keep obvious people out. It's not baseball where, well, Pete Rose gambled, so he's out. Bruno San Martino is the definition of a Hall of Famer. The fact he didn't get in until 2013 is still pretty embarrassing. To me, when you didn't have Bruno and Savage in there, that Agreed. time period where those two guys were not in there, it was really, I mean, again, like we said before, we're going we're gonna to just look at this, we're going to take it seriously, we're going to call it a Hall of Fame. When you don't have Bruno and Savage in there, it's ridiculous. I agree. I mean, it's hard to even call it a Hall of Fame when you have those two guys, specifically for, for Savage, for guys our age, and for Bruno, for guys like our, our fathers and grandfathers. And I'm not going to get nuts about when they stop mentioning someone's in the Hall of Fame because mm-hmm. I don't know how much they mention Hulk Hogan right now. Right. I don't know how much they mention Donald Trump right now. Right. And it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was a museum, which they should have, they should Absolutely I, I completely agree with you that there should be a museum. Now, if they took those guys out of their museum, I'd have a problem with that. Right. But here's the class of 2013 that Bruno got in with. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. It's very diverse. Mick Foley. Okay. No doubt, Hall of Fame. Well, and also, they start they stopped doing this now, but for a while there, they were doing guys that had something to do with the area they were in. You Which, know what I mean? Like, Eddie yeah. Graham got in when they were in Florida. Like, Mick Foley, obviously, New York guy. Bruno, obviously, huge in the Northeast. So, I think they were trying to tie it into guys that had a, a tie-in to the area or where the WrestleMania was that year. Yeah, and I get that, but I would rather just put someone in when they're ready to go in. Right. You know? Uh, and, and there is some ties when you look at who got in. Mick Foley, Long Island guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Mick Foley is vastly overrated. With that said... I, I disagree with you. Vastly overrated. <laughs> I, I couldn't disagree with that even more. Vastly. I'll quote... Can I quote Rick Yeah, Flair yeah, he's this? a stunt, uh, whatever. The, yeah, yes. He if was you have right. the quote. That was the quote. He's a glorified stunt man. I, I totally disagree ah, with ah. you. I think Mick Foley is one of the greatest talkers in the history of wrestling. I think Mick Foley is one of the toughest guys in the history. You think of tough guys, sometimes his name doesn't get mentioned. Who's tougher than Mick Foley? That guy's had his ear blown off. I mean, he's thrown off the cage. And as far as in-ring quality, the guy could get it done when he needed to. Was he he Ricky Steamboat technically? No. No. But Mick Foley could put on great performance after great performance. I said he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, what more? Are we, I got to go all the way. No, with I'm just, it? no, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just arguing that I don't think he's overrated. Okay, he is overrated. Uh, another guy who got in, and I think this is weird because it is similar to Bruno, is Bob Backlund that year. Yeah, Bob Backlund, who we think of for the whole chicken wing Bret Hart feud. He you think crazy. of that run at our age? Yes, right. The guy was a WWF champion for years. Yeah, I, and again, if you go through the, t- if I have my timeline correct, I believe. Uh, let me see if I got this right. All right, so Bruno had the title, then Superstar Graham beat Bruno, then Backlund beat Superstar Graham, then the Iron Sheik beat Backlund, and then Hogan beat the Sheik. Yeah, it was the trans and Backlund's was run. such a, and Backlund is such a, another guy who's such great technical wrestler, but didn't have the personality that uh, an Iron Sheik had, that a Superstar Billy Graham had, that a Bruno had, that a Hogan had. But he was, I think, at the time considered like your very rock solid option. 
Yeah, good wrestler, right. solid. People liked him. Looked Dependable. Like duty. Yeah. Dependable. It's weird that he got reinvented the way he did. Mm-hmm. That, that is very weird because I'm sure anybody who watched wrestling in the early 80s would be dumbfounded that a decade later he would come back as this crazed, suit-wearing heel. And it was a credit to him. I thought that was a great character. I, I think thought that it was, was a credit too. to him. I was the only thing I had a problem with with that mm-hmm. is the fact that his title run lasted like thirty five seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, when Diesel beat him in Madison Square Garden on, yeah. on a in a house show. Yeah, a live <laughs> so, event. Yeah. So right, a live <laughs> event. I'm sorry, I have to get the the wording right. So Mick Foley was in this class. Bob Backlund was in his class. Mm-hmm. Trish Stratus was in his okay. class. Very well deserving. Yep. Booker T, a more modern guy, was in the class. Very well deserving. And the celebrity that year was the current president of the United States. <laughs> Donald Trump and the celebrity thing. I I'll say this about the celebrity thing. Let's not get nuts about it. It's a celebrity thing for a reason. It's pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, like you know, Kid Rock just went in. I mean, I don't I don't get nuts with that. They put Pete Rose in to get cute. I mean, even though Pete Rose had some great moments with WrestleMania, like yeah, you could I, argue celebrity wise. I mean, Pete Rose is is up there as far as his appearances oh, when you I, think of celebrities in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, if if we were actually holding a bar on celebrities being in, a lot of them, I, like Drew Carey, I do have an issue with. Why is sure. Drew Carey oh, yeah, in the Hall yeah. of Fame? Uh, politics aside, everybody, Donald Trump is a WWE Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, between the hosting of the two WrestleManias at four and five, mm-hmm. between the hair versus hair gimmick with Vince McMahon, and one of my favorite angles was him buying Monday Night Raw, yeah, yep. <laughs> which was so dumb yep. but funny. Uh, put the politics aside. The guy is a Hall of Famer, and Mr. T is definitely a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Guy main evented the first WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I think with the celebrity one, like you said, Drew Carey, yeah, that, that one's rough. But overall, I mean, like, I'm not going to get crazy. They come out there, they speak for four or five minutes. It's, it's, it's not a huge deal. No, I, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I, I don't go nuts about it. Now, you hit it right on the head. When they got Bruno in, they righted the biggest wrong that they had. Mm-hmm. The second biggest wrong that they had. And I think this is all good news because it's helped legitimize this and say, okay, it does feel more like a real Hall of Fame was Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, the and problem the problem was, yeah, Lugie, is that he was dead when I they know. put him in. Listen, we don't know. We'll never, we'll never know if they would have made up and Savage, if he was stayed alive, would he have made up with Vince and come back? We'll never know that. So we, we, we will never, ever know that. But you just feel cheated for him and for the fans because now that weekend has become such a huge event. Yeah. They come out on, they could come out on Raw. They have the Hall of Fame that night. They come out at Mania. And it's just such a big farewell or thank you. And for, uh, for the fans and maybe, and listen, and for him himself, may, like I said, they may not have made up, but if they did, it was just to be such a great moment. And no disrespect to, um, to the genius Lanny, uh, Lanny Poffo, it's, it's just not the same as having Macho Man Randy Savage there giving a speech, coming out at Mania, coming out on Raw, whatever. It, it actually bothered me that Macho Man was inducted by Hulk Hogan because yeah. they did not like each other, especially at the end, and it just didn't seem like something Macho Man would want. I'm glad he's in. It was absolute a right. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. huh? no matter how oh, you course. define it, he is. And I'm glad they righted that wrong, but... It sucks when you right a wrong and it's too late. That's yeah. why, I mean, thank goodness the WWE did induct Bruno Sammartino. Right. If they did that next year, you know, after everything I've heard about Bruno growing up from my dad and everybody who even watched wrestling once, they've heard of Bruno Sammartino. The fact he wasn't in was disgraceful, but yep. what was great is that he did get in, and you mentioned the ties to the local town. He got to get inducted at Madison Square yep. Garden, an arena 
that's the world's most famous arena, more so for Bruno than any success the Knicks have had over the last <laughs> of course. four decades. Listen, it was the it was the right time. It was the perfect timing. And like I said, I was just I'm glad it happened because again, the guy basically would WWE be here right now if it wasn't for Bruno San Martino? Back then, WWF, when he was champion, there was some dark times. And Bruno carried the company forever. Would he have the title for, like, six years? So, I mean, like, here's a guy who basically built the company from the ground up. Obviously, take it to new heights when Vince Jr. took over and Hulk Hogan and WrestleMania and all that. But Bruno laid the foundation. And for the guy not to be in the Hall of Fame was, was ridiculous. Right, so, who- the fact that he got in, had his moment in, in New York was amazing. Who's left now? Like, who is the, who are the guys that they're missing out on? Or, and ladies, too. Because they've cleaned it up over the last few years, mm-hmm. and I think that's great. Who are they missing now? Well, I think we should first start by saying that, like, there are certain guys that are somewhat active. Like, there's certain guys I want to rule out here because they're still kind of active. Guys like The Rock, guys like Chris Jericho, yeah. Kane, I Undertaker, Paul you. Heyman, Vince himself. Uh, which is an interesting question to see if Vince will ever put himself in. I, They're going to wait till he's dead. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, or at the very, you know, maybe when he's starting to go out the door. But we'll see. But um, I don't know, you know, I don't know if there's a glaring one. Like we said, there's a, like, after Bruno, after Savage, a couple other guys, like, once they kind of cleared them out, to me, I don't know if there's that guy or gal that's, like, glaring. That Like, when you hear it, you go, oh, that's right. How are they one. not in? I got one. And it's not as glaring. I should okay. define it. It's not as glaring as Macho. Obviously mm-hmm. not as glaring as Bruno. Because I think a lot of the guys and gals that aren't in that have waited a while are borderline. I've heard a lot of people say Owen Hart needs to be a Hall of Famer. And I think he should be. Yes. I'm not saying he shouldn't, but I don't think it's this glaring omission. He should be a Hall of Famer because of just the angle with Brett. That was one of the great angles WWE ever produced. And the fact that he beat him at WrestleMania, I know scripted, but the fact that he got a victory against Brett at WrestleMania, had that great match at SummerSlam, that angle itself to me makes him a Hall of Famer. The Owen one's real tough. I mean, without a doubt, slam dunk Hall of Famer, but there's so much there with that. And I don't think it comes down to simply Vince wanting him in. I think, again, just I think that his widow has to obviously okay it. And I think you heard that this year with Mark Henry's speech where he asked her, listen, Owen belongs here. So I think that she has to kind of sign off on it. So I don't know if she ever will. Obviously, what happened then, you know, so it's a real tricky one. But if we're just supposed to just look at his career, take out that, I mean, the guy's a surefire Hall of Famer, no doubt. Here's the big one, though. Here's the big one. And I was never even a big fan of them. But I think they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, if not for the championships they won and the fact they were a big-time tag team. If not for that, their theme song. And that would, of course, be Axe and Smash Demolition. Yep, and again, I and I, I bring it up again here. I believe one of the guys in Demolition has sued the company or there have some issues there. So that's another one of those deals where, again, like a Savage, like a Bruno, like a Warrior, where I think there's massive issues there. But I agree with you. I mean, listen, were they... Were they the Road Warriors? They were not. They weren't. That's just that's it. But they had a great run. They were the longest reigning tag team champs for a long time before New Day broke their record. Um, certainly, anybody that was not uh, privied to the NWA and the Road Warriors until they came in as the Legion of Doom, Demolition was it. I mean, they brought in the Powers of Pain stuff like that. But Demolition was a great tag team. Again, issues there. But if you take it away, no doubt about it, Demolition should be in the Hall. Yeah, of Fame. and I mean, this is going to be the common thread. Is the politics of yeah, it. Yeah, in a lot of ways you see that, which is unfortunate. But again, when you don't have a voting system, when it's honestly, again, I'm not 
a hundred percent of this, but you would think Vince is the the the, the call on this. He's it's up decider. to Vince. Yeah. He's the decider, so yeah. it's up to him. So if he doesn't feel, or if there's issues, the guy's not getting in. No, and I think that's why China isn't in. And there's no doubt China's a Hall of Fame. No doubt about it. I also I think the issue with China for sure is they. You know, it's a different world now with, the, with it being a public traded company. And she had some stuff in her life that yeah, I'm sure add, they're not great. You know, they're not fond of. Lugie, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's unfortunate because she's not here anymore. Yep. So it's the same thing. Right. They're going to induct her. There's no doubt in my mind China's going to get into the next couple of years mm-hmm. because they don't have to deal with her. It's horrible to say it's the same thing with Macho Man. They don't have to work anything out because she's not here. So China did an adult video. Is that really what the problem is? I yeah, I just think her issues with substance abuse and also yeah, the stuff with with that. I but think it's, the, it's really that. I think Triple H admitted that at one point. Oh, well, that, that it, was the problem. Probably right? because if you went through the Hall of Fame, I'm sure there's guys with other issues. I mean, okay. there's some with like I mean, you know, I mean, we we can mention one guy that there's I don't ever see them putting in. But obviously, you if talking you, about with that, well, Benoit. I mean, well, that was that's a whole nother animal. Yeah. Obviously, if we're going down that road, but I mean, they I for. For China, I think, like like I said, there are certain people in the Hall of Fame that might have had a, some issues in their life, a bad past, but I would imagine that's one of the bigger reasons why they don't want her in there is the but, stuff with the adult films. Yeah, but if you induct her and she was alive and she makes a speech and she's not talking about her adult movie, why does it matter? Wrestling go a lot of times just doesn't talk about certain things. When Hulk Hogan comes back, they're not going to talk about the sex tape and the racist mm-hmm. comments that came out of his mouth. It's just not going to be discussed. We all know it's there. We know it's there. You could say that about a lot of guys and gals who've wrestled. But I wonder if they have to answer to their partners when they are celebrating somebody like that. I don't know if they do or don't, but I would imagine that it's a different world now where they have to get, you know, if they have somebody with a checkered past and it comes up. Look, they changed the the Battle Royal when it was Moolah. They got so much backlash from that that... They ended up changing it, so it's a, it's a different world now with social media and stuff. So you just don't know. Deserving, no doubt about it. Trailblazer, so she definitely deserves to get in. And I do agree with you. I think there's somewhere down the line she will get in, but when that'll be, I don't know. But again, it's a different world now. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, DX was a was a big time. Oh group, yeah. So you want to put anybody in there? And they haven't put the faction in the Hall of Fame yet, right? Uh, they have not. The I believe Fame. the Four Horsemen are the only faction. Like oh, I'd like to see the one? NWO get in. I don't think there's another faction in there. Yeah, Unless, I think you're right. Oh, the Freebirds, I guess. But but um, other than those two, I think that's it. Yeah. So if they put the whole idea of putting a faction in is though kind of strange because that means someone's in the Hall of Fame twice. Obviously, right? Like Flair is in the yeah, Hall Flair's of Fame in twice. twice. Yeah. And you're going to do that with basically a lot of the key guys of NWO because Kevin Nash is a Hall of Famer. Scott Hall is a Hall of Famer. Hulk Hogan is a Hall of Famer. Now they're getting in again, basically. And by the way, oh, I got another question. Did they induct Kevin Nash as Diesel or Kevin Nash? Do you remember? I thought Scott Hall, I think, was raised Ramon. I thought Nash was as Nash. Why? But I don't remember, though, off the top of my head. I think I just watched this recently, and I forgot. Why? There's a lot of things with that company where you're like, why? They called Harley Race the King Harley Race. I mean, nobody knows. I mean, he was in the WWE for like 10 minutes as the King Harley Race. No, no. So they do things like that. Well, that's my point, is that he... Sometimes I think with Vince, it's like whatever he was here, this is what people are going to remember him as, and this is what I want him to be portrayed as. I mean, nobody, th- I mean, you know what I mean? Like he was Razor Ramon here, he was Scott Hall in WCW, he was a lot of people all over the place. But so I think that's sometimes what they do you is know, they call him what they call them here in the WWE. Vince yeah, McMahon in the W, they have to get over it because the WWE Hall of Fame, here's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't work this way. This is the way my mind works. So you had WWF, you had WCW, you had ECW. Mm-hmm. 
if you look at the timing of when the WWF changed their name, they changed it right after WrestleMania, months, months after the invasion angle ended and we kind of merged the Alliance and WWF. So I look at WWE, even though the name was changed for legal reasons, as the grand combination of everything. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. I know that that's not why it happened. But if you look at the timing of it, it kind of feels that way. That WWE is everybody. WWF is the WWF. WCW is WCW. The WWE is everything. Yeah, it's everybody, right. And that's what this Hall of Fame is, or else a guy like Sting is not in the Hall of Fame. Or Goldberg. Or Goldberg. I mean, there's more than those two, but they're more recent and more uh, current guys. Yeah, They're Um, including everybody, and I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Um, I'm going to give you one, and I think it could be – I give it because I think some people might think it's a little controversial based on his in-ring ability, and that's Lex Luger. Uh, You have a guy here that had a nice run in WWF. He had a really good run in NWA, WCW. Here's a guy that's been, you know, had a really long, strong career. And I certainly think he, for whatever reason, he's just been passed over. Again, he's had some checkered things in his past as well. But as far as just his career as a whole, I think Lex Luger is more than deserving of being in the WWE. Lex Luger is a Hall of Famer. I Mm -hmm. agree with you. And And I also think that... We can't get nuts about was this guy a good wrestler or not because he played his role. I think he, I think in the matches, he knew what he needed to do and he did it well. Yeah, I thought he was fine. I don't Mm -hmm. think he was the worst wrestler of all time. And I think that the success he had in WCW, the star power that he had in WCW, I know that the mega push that they were planning on doing in WWF at the time just never happened. You know, he stupidly, I know it's part of the script, but stupidly knocks out Yokozuna at SummerSlam, well, wins by a countout, and they celebrate like he won the World Series. I mean, Series. when you drop the confetti for a countout. I mean, there might not have been a bigger <laughs> stop and start push. I mean, you put the guy in a freaking bus. He slams Yokozuna on the trepid on right. July 4th. And then you go to SummerSlam and you win by a knockout, the conquering hero with the confetti, and he doesn't win the belt. Yeah. Cornette, you blow it, you blow it, Luger. Like, what, like I, I just, there may never have been a bigger, we changed our mind moment in right. the WWE's history. I mean, I they just completely, and then obviously him and Brett and, at the Rumble, and then Brett wins the title at, at Mania. So they, for whatever reason, and then Luger's in a tag team by the, by the, um, by the next year, I, so I, it was like it was weird. They just completely pulled a 180 on. He was going to be the next Hogan, and they yeah. just they just changed their minds. I, I'm curious about what really happened there because yeah. there's this rumor that's floated out there that Luger was going to win the championship at WrestleMania 10, and he got drunk one night at a bar in the city and told people, and that caused Vince to say, "Screw it, it's not happening," and reversed course. I wonder what led to Lex not getting that title run. How did but, he not get it at SummerSlam? I mean, you can't have a bigger build. I mean, the Star Stripe, they mean they, they that whole show was built up to Luger winning the title. You thought so. You figured Absolutely. so. And then they could have gone Lex Brett at WrestleMania if they right. wanted Brett to get the title back. So I just, whatever whatever reason, they stopped and start. But that notwithstanding, Luger should be in the Hall of Fame. Vader should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. He's on my list here. No doubt Vader about it. Vader is absolutely a Hall of Fame. His stuff in Japan, WCW, WWF, I mean, continent to continent, one of the better big men uh, in the history of wrestling, no doubt yeah. about it. I don't think he was great in WWF. I don't think they used him Yeah, well, I don't think it's but, fault to his own, for sure. But but in WCW, and obviously what he did elsewhere, no doubt a Hall of Famer. Anybody else? Because I've been thinking about this. I really think, for the most part, they've done a good job. Because these guys that you mentioned, Lex, Vader, my case, Demolition, Owen Hart, they're Hall of Famers, but I don't think it's the egregious mistakes 
that they've had in the past. No, again, like, I don't think there's that one guy that, like, unanimously everybody's like, yeah, that person should be in. A tag team that I wrote down, the Steiner brothers, I almost feel like people forget they're, they're not all, in. Absolutely. For no, one, I, I would love to see I Scott agree. Steiner with a live mic. And for, oh, <laughs> for, yeah. for that, that would be worth the price of admission. But one of the greatest tag teams in uh, our oh, era, for right. sure. I got a name for you that you got to think about. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm doing this off the top of my head as far as how yep. many people have done this. This guy has to be one of maybe two or three people that can say they headlined a WrestleMania and headlined Starcade. That list of guys who have done it, to me, the only guy that jumps out at me would be Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. I think Bret Hart main evented a Starcade. Bret Hart Goldberg, I think, was the main event of a Starcade. And Hogan obviously did it a few times. This guy, no one I don't think thinks of him as a Hall of Famer. But he's main evented not one, mm-hmm. but two WrestleManias. And I think he main evented a Starcade. I'm not 100% sure. I almost have to Google it real quick. But I can tell you this, and I want you to think about this. The guy has fought in two WrestleMania matches, both of them main events of WrestleMania. And think about it. Main eventing a WrestleMania is kind of a big deal. Oh, it's huge. Who am I talking about? And nobody would think of him as a Hall of Famer because you'd mock his wrestling and you'd mock his mic skills. Both of those Mm. things would be mocked. He only had two matches, you're saying, in the WWE? He had two. No, no, he had more than two matches. He had two matches at WrestleMania, both of them headlined, and I have confirmed that he main evented the final Starcade. How about that? One guy just popped in my head, but I don't. Remember him main event. Go ahead. Well, Bam Bam Bigelow, but he didn't. No. Ma- he didn't main event two manias. One, only one, and I don't only think he main event Starcade. Right, but Bam Bam certainly is another guy in that Vader. And, and by the way, great big men. In fairness, there is one other guy who did both. Kevin Nash. Oh, actually, no, Kevin Nash didn't. Nash never headlined WrestleMania. No, because him and Shawn Michaels fought That's under right. uh, LT and, and Bigelow. And I, well, here's another guy who main evented both. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, yeah. main evented WrestleMania one, and Hogan Piper had their match at Starcade '96. '96, yeah. Uh, Macho Man headlined both. To be fair, Ric Flair did not. Ric Flair never main evented a WrestleMania. Ridiculous, uh, crazy when you think of that. But yeah. it is. Well, he was only in one. Oh, I'm sorry, not well, one. No, but yeah, one during that run initially mm-hmm. when he the was a main run. eventer. Yeah, because yeah. the second run, yeah, he was in plenty, but he wasn't a main eventer. You want me to tell you the guy? Yeah, Sid. You know, and I've talked about him on the podcast we did with Monzo Couple. Uh, I think we were doing Mania Moments. I mean, I've always been a big proponent of Sid. I, and you're right. People mock the in-ring stuff. They mock the promos. I mean, if you give me how many guys walk in the face of the earth had a better look than Psycho Sid or Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, whatever you want to call him. I thought his promos were excellent. I know people poke fun at a couple he had, the one with Jim Ross for Live Pal, and then they had one where he screwed up his lines on, on Nitro. So <laughs> he's, he claims they told him to do that. Russo was booking, I believe, so I'd believe anything there. Um, but as far as like his, his stuff where he talked into the camera, he had great presence. I, I'm a big Sid guy. And I think when you when you look at, like, yeah, world title runs, main events, uh, I, I, I think it, you'd be hard-pressed not to put him in. And they've used him. Recently, I mean, when they were doing the thing with, um, what's his name? The guy from, uh, who has all the kids. That's why he's, uh, Heath Slater. Heath Slater, when oh, he was Heath fighting Slater. all the, uh, the legends, Sid came back him? for that. He was just oh, fighting yeah, all the, yeah, you know fight any legend, that. and You're Sid right. came back, and stuff like that. Was so that they, on an old school Raw? Uh, he might have been on an old school Raw as well, but I think it was an, another Raw that he, that he was used on. So he might have been on a couple. So my point being is that they've used him recently. So for whatever reason, I think there's some guys that just 
they just get omitted. And I don't think there's necessarily an issue, but they just for, like, they just don't get around to it almost, or I don't know. But I, I agree with you on Sid, for sure. You know what I'm a sucker for? I'm a sucker for main eventing WrestleMania. I think that is, and I know we talked about that in the whole WrestleMania podcast, that the last match of WrestleMania is the main event, mm-hmm. and that usually defines, to me, how I feel about that WrestleMania. I think this past WrestleMania has been enhanced by the fact that we had a stunning ending, that we had Brock Lesnar retaining his championship, which none well, of us... Right. We haven't even talked about it. I don't even think we talked uh, off-camera, so to speak. Oh, we haven't? It. We, we have sh- not really we, we talked about Mania spend, at all. We may uh. have to spend a few minutes uh. about that. But that was so stunning, and to me that adds the enhancement of a WrestleMania. So if you mm-hmm. main event WrestleMania, and you can think about it. I mean, you go through every WrestleMania, 1 through 34, most of the guys, overwhelmingly, you think of and say... Oh, yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. No doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, Hulk Hogan was in a lot of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But even the more recent ones, you say Edge Undertaker. Oh, yeah, they're both Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Triple H, Randy Orton, even though it wasn't a great match. Sure, they're both Hall of Famers. John Cena, Rock, they're both Hall of Famers. The WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan's going to be a Hall of Famer. I- I'd like to go through every main event and see if there's a guy either not in or somebody that you King would Kong say no King Kong Bundy shot. is not in. King Kong Bundy. And okay, he should right. be. I think he should. That, that one had three main events, though, right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> they technically had three main events, but yes, what it was the, the last match. I didn't even know which one Piper, Mr. T, and Long Island, and then I think the Battle Royal with, with Andre won in Chicago, okay, and then, so then out all, in L.A. it was Hogan and, uh, and Bundy in then the cage. Ba- then based on that, they're all, they're all in. But if the Hogan Piper's one closed in, the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the main event. Piper, Mr. T, Andre, obviously, and, and Hogan. Yeah. Hogan, Andre, both Hall of Famers. Savage DiBiase, both Hall of Famers. Hogan Savage, both Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Hogan Warrior, both Hall of Famers. Hogan Slaughter, both Hall of Famers. Hogan Sid, we're mm-hmm. talking about him. Mm-hmm. Brett Yoko, both Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, you know, that's a good point, by the way. We should stop on that. Lawrence Taylor has to be in the WWE Hall yep. of Fame. That match was great. I mean, I, honestly, I, from a standpoint of a guy who never wrestled before, I think a lot of it had to do with Bigelow, but he played his part. It was a, it was good. It was a good match. You watch oh, that I back, agree. you're like, this is a good but match. Bam Bam's going to get in soon, by yeah. the way. And Lawrence Taylor should be in. I guess there's just no affiliation now between the two of them. Right. But, I mean, we're talking about, you talk about celebrities. This is a celebrity who made a freaking vent at a WrestleMania. I mean, they carried a WrestleMania on the back of Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to put Mr. T in, who main evented a WrestleMania 2, Donald Trump, Drew Carey, Snoop Dogg, Paul Arndolf's in the, in the Hall of Fame, WrestleMania 1, obviously. He is in, in right? Yes. Is he in? Yes. Okay, good. So, okay, so 12, Sean Brett, they're both in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Undertaker said, "Right, Sid, we're talking about." And Undertaker yep. will be in, obviously. Uh, obviously, Austin, Shawn Michaels, Austin, both in. Yep, Austin Rock, they'll Rock both will be, be in, in. Obviously, the four guys at WrestleMania 2000 will all be in. Will all be in. Yep, Triple H will be in. Big Show will be in. Rock will be in. Mm-hmm. And Mankind's already in. Mm-hmm. Austin Rock, they're both in. Mm-hmm. Triple H, Jericho, they'll both be in eventually. Yep. Brock, Kurt Angle, they'll both be in. Yep. Well, Kurt's already in. Sure. I mean, look, we, we just ran into our first roadblock. But yeah, that's, yeah, it's just a tough one. I, I, that one, everybody's got to understand. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Uh, everybody's got to get that yeah. because yeah. it's one I think thing. everybody does. I mean, I don't well, I well remember, maybe not. But I don't I mean, know if everybody gets yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know if everybody does either. You'll get enough knuckleheads to say, well, he was a great wrestler. I know. Look, we all know Chris Benoit was a great wrestler. Yeah. He was. But this isn't, oh, I did drugs or, mm-hmm. oh, I may have cheated. He's a murderer, and that, when it, especially when you're talking about a wife, we don't yeah. need to get into it. Yeah. I understand. He should not be in the Hall right. of Fame. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batista will be in. Yep. Batista Triple H. Yep. 
22 was uh, Triple H, Cena. They'll both be in. The next one was Cena, Shawn Michaels. They'll both, Cena will be in. Undertaker, Edge, they'll both be in. Triple H, Orton, they'll both be in. Undertaker, Shawn, they're both going to be in. Undertaker will be in. Miz, John Cena. Miz will get in. For yeah, sure. Yeah, you're probably right. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Rock, Cena, twice, they're both in. Mm-hmm. Or going to be in. Uh, the tr- three guys from 30, Daniel Bryan will be in. Batista will definitely be yep. in. Randy Orton will be in. 31 was, what was 31 again? Oh, that was Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Probably they'll all eventually be in. Roman will definitely be in. Yep. He, he could leave tomorrow and he'd be in. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't been inducted. Yeah, exactly. Yet. exactly. <laughs> Roman Triple H. I'm surprised H. they don't induct him every year. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Roman Triple H, they'll both be in. Yeah. What are we up to now? What was last year? Oh, Undertaker, Roman Undertaker Reigns. Reigns. Yeah, it's Reigns every year. <laughs> And, and then, then Reigns and Brock again. So what yeah. we've come to the conclusion is of, Sid is really like the one guy. Uh, you know, LT Bundy. would be a celebrity. Yeah, and and Bundy. It's King Kong Bundy, and Sid, Sid Vicious, and Avi. Uh, let's all forget Benoit. Mm-hmm. Vicious, Bundy, LT. Yep. And they should all be in. Yep. So I I think that's a fair bar. If you main event WrestleMania, you get in. Like you said, he main evented twice. I mean, the matches were like you said. You're gonna not there. They were not great, but he, at the end of the day, they went on. He went on last, and he was part of the match that went on last. And again, you look at his career in the NWA and his career at WCW, and you just look at it as a whole entire body of work. Uh, Sid deserves to be in, absolutely. And I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder because you're right about the whole politics of it. Now, I want to get to this because are we done with the Hall of Fame? No, no, no. Okay, because no. there was a couple more that I had. But... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead before I get to the Jeff Jarrett controversy. Go okay. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also, again, we're not going to, I just wanted to give a quick, again, when we're, we're talked about guys in WWF and WCW, and and uh, certainly I think all the, a lot, there's a ton of ECW guys that, that, that should and will get in. Um, I also look at some of the, the great Japanese wrestlers, Masala, the great Muda, Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, those are guys that certainly are all well-deserving of getting in. All right. That's very nice of you. You got the international flavor. Does CM Punk get in? Yes. I, I see down the line them making up and, and him coming back, honestly. And, and he, uh, maybe even to wrestle, but certainly to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I look at it this way with Vince making up with people. Bruno, they had a falling out for decades. Bret Hart, the screw job. Vince McMahon buys everybody and gets them back. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not even necessarily buying. I don't think that Bruno was bought per se. I think that for him, he likes wrestling being treated with the respect it deserves. And I think that giving him that moment to go into the Hall of Fame at Madison Square Garden, I think it may have just been as simple as that. And, re- and WWE kind of cleaned up their rack. Because remember, mm-hmm. I think Bruno had a big issue with the steroid stuff of the 90s and a big issue with the Attitude Era. And I think those two things annoyed him, and that's fine because he was a family-friendly guy. You heard my dad talking about it way at the beginning of the podcast. He was a clean guy, clean living. So I get it. I get why it may not have been money to bring him back. But with a guy like CM Punk, if Vince sees money, he'll get you back. And that's I think it. he definitely sees money with Punk because – the crowds, for whatever reason, still chant for this bozo. Yeah, well, Chicago is a given, and then whenever they're bored, <laughs> whenever, they're, <laughs> whenever bored. they're bored, they start with the with the freaking CM Punk chants. But um, no, I mean, listen, I, we talked about this uh, on the uh, the last podcast that I think uh, if CM Punk would get the loudest ovation of anybody, if Strowman had a you know anybody to come out as his partner. So 
I think, look, they all make up. Eventually, everybody generally makes up with Vince. Uh, you know, Savage will never know, like I said, but they all end up making up. And I think somewhere down the line, obviously, Punk, he's got another fight coming up. He's, he's uh, got this MMA career. But I think when push comes to shove, somewhere down the line, we will see CM Punk back in some capacity with the WWE. Probably so. Probably so. As far as when these legends like Undertaker, Rock, guys like that should go in. Triple H. I mean, there's a long list yeah. of guys that it's are going to eventually long. get in, but they're all active, and I don't think they want to put in a guy that, that is still wrestling. I agree with you, and that's why I'd wait on The Rock, because I think that you keep the dream alive. I mean, you can wrestle after you're in the Hall of Fame. Of course, yeah, yeah, there's no that. rules. Yeah, there's no but <laughs> I think you take your time with guys like that, and I think Vince will go in right after he drops dead. That's when he's going in. Yeah, I don't. I, you. I don't know, man. That 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 to me is the truth. Is I I'd be very curious to see how they approach putting Vince into the Hall of Fame. They're gonna do it when he's dead. Eh. Why would they do it now? Because wouldn't you want to? I mean, how great wouldn't you want to get a speech out of him? Uh, I mean, it's up to him. Obviously, like anybody else who goes in, it's up to him if he wants that moment or if he wants to kind of keep himself away from that. And again, like, will he? be in character? Will he be Vince McMahon? Will he be Mr. McMahon? It'll be interesting, but I would like to think they'd want to give him that moment while he's alive. All right, let me get to Jeff Jarrett, because this Mm -hmm. is something I had an issue with, and me and Taz had a nice, friendly discussion about Mm -hmm. it. Um, Jeff Jarrett is not a Hall of Famer, and if he is a Hall of Famer, and he is a Hall of Famer for the reasons that I've heard from those who think he's a Hall of Famer, which is Evan, you're being too simplistic. It's not about Double J. It's not about anti-grade in WCW. It's about what he did at TNA. And I'll tell you something. That is true. If you are now encompassing TNA into the WWE, I mentioned earlier that I look at WWE as encompassing WCW and ECW, and I love that. If you have decided that TNA is a part of that wrestling landscape, then I completely agree that Jeff Jarrett's a Hall of Famer. Here's the caveat. I watched that speech because I wanted to see. I wanted to see if they were going to include TNA. I think you weren't alone in that. Well, I'm very disappointed. And you can say, well, you shouldn't be surprised. Here's my problem. They play up his dopey Double J gimmick. The Double J character is not why he's in the Hall of Fame. It shouldn't be. It better not be. So I look. This is what annoys me. This is what ticks me off actually about it. It's it's wrestling trying to have their cake and eat it too. If you want to put this guy in the Hall of Fame because of what he's done for other wrestlers, don't be ambiguous about it. Tell me what he did. Tell me where he wrestled. Tell me all about that stuff. And trust me, look, you know this. TNA, Impact, whatever the hell they call themselves, Impact. they would have been thrilled for the publicity. Of course. Well, they got it a couple of days later. That's the thing to me that was like, like was mind-boggling. Jeff Jarrett gives a Hall of Fame speech. I don't know how long he went. Doesn't mention TNA at all. And then Kurt Angle mentions it on Monday. In a I don't sarcastic think they've ever, way. And I honestly don't think they've ever, ever mentioned TNA. on. I'd have to like research that. But I'm almost pot. First of all, for Kurt Angle to say TNA's hiring is, is, is ridiculous because they don't call themselves that anymore. So it's a dated <laughs> reference. They're called Impact. I think they tweeted it out after he said it, we are Impact. So that was just like a, a dated reference. So whoever wrote that, you know, is not doing their homework or for some reason they wrote that in there. So for Kurt Angle to say it like, what, two, three nights later, and for Jeff Jarrett, who, you know, is like when you think TNA, you think of of, of him for sure, for him to not mention that speech was, was puzzling. Now, I saw a couple videos that they put on the network, and I think on, like, YouTube I saw it. 
where guy, they were talking about all the guys that he got into the business and guys right. he helped, guys like AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, uh, Samoa Joe, Xavier Woods was at TNA, Luke Gallows, all these guys that started with Jeff and guys he gave their break to. And for him not to mention that at the at the Hall of Fame, which I assume these guys kind of have a free reign to say what they want, is is very, very puzzling. It's disgraceful. That's what it is because I can't, I'm telling you, if he would have mentioned it and they made a big deal out of it, then I would have said I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I would have said that that my tweet that I fired off when they announced Jeff Jarrett getting in, what is this, the mid-card Hall of Fame? I would have said that was wrong. There was more to Jeff Jarrett than just being a mid-carder who drew nothing. Who drew nothing. One of just like the worst champions WCW ever had. In fact, when you think of the failure of WCW, you think of Jeff Jarrett. And by the way, this is nothing personal. I interviewed Jeff Jarrett many years ago. He's a swell guy. I'm just calling it like it is. It has nothing to do with him personally. I'm viewing what I saw as a wrestling fan. But what he did in TNA, though I think a lot of it felt like Triple H, I'll get to in a second, that's (laughs) the argument for him getting in. And if you want to make that argument, and I heard it from plenty of people, then how do you defend no mention of it, or if anything, things being mentioned in an ambiguous way. He helped guys. What did he do when you mean help guys? Who did he help? Where did he help them? How did he help them? That's a bad job by WWE, and for that I stand by my initial point. Jeff Jarrett is not a Hall of Famer. If we're like we said, like you you set the parameters uh, going into this. If we were to look at this as just a Hall of Fame, and we take out some of the stuff, and we say, does this guy deserve it based on this? When you look at some of the people they've put in, do you think if we're looking at it and we're taking it seriously, right? Do you think it tarnishes the Hall of Fame as a whole, as a, like in baseball, where there's certain guys in where you're like, right. Well, this guy's in, so now this guy should get in because that guy's in because well, but does does two wrongs make the right? Mm. And I don't want to throw out a, a. There's one guy that I think is glaring in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm not going to mention it. Oh, but can I mention it? You can mention it. Godfather. Well, Coco Beware. Um. I mean, even Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly I mean, Jim. and again, this again, <laughs> this is no point. disrespect, but I mean, if you're looking at it. If you start looking down the line, I mean, and you try to compare them to other Hall of Famers, do they stack up? No. That's, I mean, that's, so if you, I, I don't know how you, where you stand on that. Do you feel like, all right, they've let certain guys in, so, well, well clearly you don't, because obviously you. Well, I, I've heard, and I'm trying to remember who said this, because it was very compelling, and that was everybody who ever stepped in the ring belongs in the Hall of Fame. And I understand the point that wrestling is a very dangerous business, at times, guys were putting substances in their body. They were wrestling with concussions. They were wrestling hurt. And so the view is participation trophy. Everybody should get in. I respect anybody that wrestled, anybody that went out there and entertained mm-hmm. us, especially his kids. I have great respect for Jeff Jarrett. I really do. I, When I rip him, it doesn't mean I think he's just like a slug and whatever. You know, I, I do respect these guys. You were just looking at it as a, as a fan that watched wrestling and watched yes. his career, and you didn't think his in-ring career warranted a Hall of Fame right. induction. And that's, and that's the way I look at it. And for mid-carters that get in, to me, they have to have been really special to have gotten in. There has to be something that made them really special. Mr. Perfect was a mid-carter. He was a mid-carter in WCW as Kurt Henning. He was a mid-carter in WWF. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was a WA world champion. But That's uh, a but very I, fair point. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I was about to say that before he came to WWF, right. he was a main eventer. You're right about that. 
Ted DiBiase is the same way. I mean, Ted DiBiase was a main eventer for a very short period of time in WWF, but he was a big deal before he came here. And there's a guy like Rick Rude, who was WCW champion. He was like more, I mean, he main evented definitely in in his WWF run when Warrior had the belt and stuff like that. He was more of an upper mid-card heel, but another guy that was, was, I thought, long overdue when he finally got in. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. It just feels jokey when you put a guy like the Godfather in. Because, I mean, the gimmick was funny, don't get me wrong, but really? Hall of Fame? Papa Shango's a Hall of Famer? Because essentially, isn't it the same thing? Papa Shango's a Hall of Famer? Or Kamo Mustafa's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I mean, again, when you look at it like that and you look at the (laughs) in-ring credentials, I mean, it's tough. It's It's hard to say. I mean... It, it, it's tough. It, 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 again, you feel like you don't want to. Again, you don't want to disrespect anybody. But if you're just looking at it from a standpoint of I'm watching their career and I'm I'm basing it on championships or their impact on the wrestling business, you could argue there is some questionable people in the WWE Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, Malugi, excellent job. I appreciate it. Uh, the very next podcast that we do may well be instant reaction podcast because after the Mets blew that game, I guess it was a four or five days ago. Uh, I was there that night at City Field against the Nationals. You heard us the next day, Joe and I. The way I felt after the game a few hours earlier that night was catastrophic. I mean, I probably, if I turned the mics on, would have cursed for an hour straight. The only reason I didn't record it is because right now my setup in my home is where my in-laws sleep, okay? So if I had done an instant reaction podcast, Lugie, I would have had to have gone to where they sleep <laughs> and screamed and yelled about the Mets at the top of my lungs, and that would have scared the bejesus out of them. Yes, by the way, my in-laws live with me. See, I, I pointed that out. That's the kind of exclusive information you get on the Evan Roberts podcast. Yeah, so, you're like Woken Matt Hardy. I mean, you got the whole clan there. You I really got, do. You got a big setup going on there. I got quite the gig You got quite the, the setup for yourself over there. There's no doubt about it. So down the road soon, there will be more instant reaction podcasts. There'll be a few more wrestling podcasts. I do find it very enjoyable to talk pro wrestling with Lugie and Monzo, who isn't with us this time. Well, and let's and let's roll back the curtain a little bit, too. Sometimes the issue with the, with the instant reaction is you kind of need somebody at the station to roll on the interview and be here and the guys no, at night are no. working no, so, no, no. That, that is true that's not an issue that is true we need You're, to get you we need to install the uh the equipment at your house well, where that, you could roll on it and then put, that you, is, put you to work okay it's already here's the thing let's roll the the, the uh, what's it called the curtain back yeah. even further break the fourth wall here that stuff's already installed <laughs> it's just that little old me is having a very tough time figuring it out well that's the thing and it's <laughs> the I'm thing sorry. I, the thing I don't get with you sometimes is you're so like you're like when I think of like guys that are like pretty with it and like with technology and like the cutting edge stuff I think of that but then like you ride a bike you have an what I don't want I'm not gonna give it away here but you have an AOL email <laughs> I mean like Jesus come on AOL email dude there, like honestly, there are certain aspects that you're back in the stone age yeah there's certain aspects you're I like dope. No, that see that's insulting. Now I'm not oh, Dove, and I'm not Joe even. Like I've got the iPads and the PlayStation. That's what I mean. So for that stuff, stuff, you're all over it. You're one of the you're one of the forefront here I with know, Twitter. I know. And like you have like the AOL email. You ride a bike. You keep score at Met games. <laughs> you're naming things that have nothing to do with technology. What are you talking about? Why would Evan? How many bike? people keep score at Met games? And, and I'm not. I'm, it's it's very noble. But I mean, how many people keep it. score I at Met games that aren't scouting it. the team? But you know what? Let me tell you something about scoring. Okay, 
when we come on the air the next day, and we, what I love about this town is the passion that we have for this sport. Mm-hmm. People will say, hey, in the sixth inning, why did uh, Aaron Boone do yeah. this, this, and this? And as much as I watch every game, there are things you forget. The scorecard is the ultimate, I have everything in front of me. The beauty of scoring a baseball game is you can read it and recreate everything that you saw that night. So here's my excuse, Lugie. It's, it's great for the show. I have that information in front of me. But the truth is, I'm addicted like a drug, and I can't stop scoring baseball games. I I think that's part of it. I think you gave sort of half the truth there. I think one (laughs) of the reasons you have to reference it, and people that follow you on Twitter can see this, is you got the uh, one iPad set up for the Yankees. You got the other iPad set up for the freaking Monday Night Raw. And you got all this stuff going on where I think sometimes not you're very locked in on the Met game, but by you keeping score, it's basically like you taking notes because you have your attention is on Raw, the Yankees, and the Mets, and you're expected to talk about uh, two out of the three, if not all three, the next day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Dedication. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's the case. <laughs> Let's go with that word. <laughs> I've scored games since 1991, so Incredible. I was eight years old. Incredible. It just isn't something I can stop doing. It's a very weird thing. No, I think you're now you you uh, you should just stick I with can't. it because now yeah. it's just something that you can then pass on to Jet. If, even if he doesn't want to keep score, which he probably won't, he may not. Um, he you may could not. give him all the score books as a sort of a whatever you want as to call a, it. Hey, I want to say a memory. I mean, you you're a young guy, but like you know, whatever. Hey, look, this is what your father. This is your legacy that you're, you know, you know, whatever. My, your, I, your gift to him. It's what my dad did to me. So right. my dad, uh, I'll, I'll give you more information. My dad used to be a collector. He used to collect mm-hmm. a lot of, not even things that are incredibly valuable. Some I guess are, but a lot of things that are like a, an Ed Hearn bat. You know what I mean? Ed Hearn right. used to play for the Mets. Ed Hearn bat. And he has all this stuff, and he stopped collecting. He just didn't want to do it anymore. And he's not going to sell it. What he has told me and my sister is, it's your problem now, is the way he <laughs> phrases it. You're going to get all this crap yeah. if you want it because it's cool that here's a helmet that was worn by Doc Gooden once. Great, you've got this cool piece of equipment. If you don't want it, you figure out what you want to do with it. It's your problem it. now, yeah. I guess that's what I'd be doing with Jet and the scorebooks. You want the scorebooks? Great. You don't? You figure out what you want to do with it. If you want to yeah. burn it when I'm dead, go ahead. But if you want to know what Bernard Gilkey did against like the Cardinals in May, <laughs> here it is. I have that, yes. <laughs> Back in 1996, you have it all right in front of you. And 1996 was a great year for Bernard Gilkey. Oh, great, man. So that equipment will be hooked up. But here are the next few podcasts that I have in okay, mind. Okay, I, I heard, and I, I don't want to steal your thunder, Go but ahead. I heard, and I think you've said it here, the fatherhood one. Yeah, I think that's going to come. I think we're going to have a discussion of some who of the fathers. are the uh, guys that are in the, in the mix. Obviously, the, you can't have one without Monzo, who Monzo, is about to have his sixth kid. Yeah, he's like you know uh, the Fast and the Furious. He comes out with one every year. I mean, yeah, been... <laughs> uh, Monzo's a lock. He has. He's to a be stone cold that. Yeah, uh, he's a Hall of Famer of fathers. <laughs> he does. Yeah, no question. I wouldn't say Hall of Famer. He's more of a compiler. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think his wife is the Hall of Famer. I think Monzo Clearly. just kind of shows up for the uh, few minutes, and then you know, he, then that's. Oh, I no, think I'm Greg teasing. Giannotti, who now has yes. a daughter, yep. I think he's up there. CeeLo, who has a son a little bit older than mine, is sure. up there. Chris McMonagall, who works on the afternoon drive, has a child a little bit younger than mine. Uh, Mike Carver, a good friend of mine, obviously. Mike Car- well, yeah. there's only so many mics, Lugie. I, well, mean, I don't mean mics as in Michael. Microphones. I mean microphones. So that's something I'm working on down the road. You know what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And, and I hope people who are listening don't think I'm a complete dick for saying this, because I really mean it. Uh, the last podcast we recorded was a Brooklyn Net fan roundtable discussion, and I really enjoyed it. 
Now, I don't know how many Net fans there are that downloaded it and listened to it. I hope you did. I hope you had a good time. I hate the New York Knicks, a sports hate, that is. But I kind of want to host a Knicks fan roundtable discussion. I kind (laughs) of want to because I love the NBA. And while I don't like the Knicks, I am your enemy, but your enemy cares about you. And a lot of people in this town don't really care about the Knicks. I care about the Knicks. They played 82 games this year, Logie. Not exaggerating. I think I watched every minute of 70 of them. I take that with pride. I watch your basketball team. So what I would do in a very fair way, and I'm working on the right panelist for this, is to bring in the Knicks fans around me, and I'll, I'll just lead the discussion. I'm not going to be a complete dick. I'm not going to openly root against you guys. But I want to get into your minds to get what you're thinking. So I'm scouting the WFAN CBS Sports Network area and coming up real soon, a Nick fan roundtable discussion. I have said this before. I think if you look back at the last 18 years or so, the Knicks are one of the worst, if not worst, franchises in the <laughs> In the entire sports landscape. That's you want to give me the Browns? I mean, even the Clippers have had a nice run. Uh, the Lions made the playoffs. They have been a embarrassment forever, the way just across the board. So I think a Nick podcast with the fans, you'll get just the the vitriol and the frustration of 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 what the Nick organization has been well, forever. Forever. You'd be, you'd be surprised. I think you're right, but there are some Nick fans who I have talked to over that the years that are blindly optimistic. Blindly optimistic fanboys. I don't think you're going to get any guys here. I could think of a few guys <laughs> that are candidates, but uh well, mm, I know one guy you could have on that'll that'll rip them from from t- top to bottom for sure. So that one is coming up soon. I, okay. I definitely like doing the wrestling discussions with you and Mons. In yep. fact, we were talking about certain topics we were going to discuss. So expect more wrestling podcasts. And very soon, once I figure out the equipment, I will be doing some instant reaction podcasts to certain games because there are certain games in which, I, good and bad, good and bad, in which I just want to grab a microphone and just freaking scream with excitement or anger. And I'm telling you, what ends up happening at 10 a.m. the next day can be very different. So, I'll keep you posted via Twitter and on the air on what's next. But, Lugie, I want to thank you for today. It was a a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I want to thank my dad, Mr. Joel Roberts, for reminiscing about Bruno San Martino. And I want to thank you for downloading. You can listen to Joe and I Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. And then I'm usually on Saturdays with Lugie producing at 10 a.m. as well. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.